Well, part of our, um, if you will, our assignment here with the Internet Advisor for going on now about 20 years uh, with Gary and myself has been to not only open you folks up to new technologies that are going on and answering your questions, which we're going to do in the second hour of the show, but also to um, acknowledge, underline, uh, let you folks know about some great Michigan businesses in the technology sector. And with that in mind, Gary, you ran into Erica Drozelski, who was uh, the Director of Client Integrations for Zemster. And you ran into her at a collision. <laughs> you collided with her. <laughs> no, you ran into her at an, uh, a conference called Collisions. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you met and uh, what drew you to this company? Well, the, um, co- the Collision Conference was held in and is held every year in New Orleans. It's uh, 20,000 of Erica and my closest friends uh, that attend this conference. <laughs> And uh, there are um, many different types of businesses, but primarily in the featured businesses are startups or near startups. Uh, and it's an opportunity for them to interact with and uh, meet venture capitalists or other funding sources. And uh, it is interesting that I had to go all the way to New Orleans to meet a company from Novi yeah. that is doing some really cool technology. Um, Erica and and uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, let's first talk about Collision Conference. Um, did you get anything out of that? Was that your first year that you went, and are you going to go back? Yes, it was the first year that we went, and it was an awesome experience. A lot of really cool technology from all over the globe, all gathered together in one of America's greatest cities. It was very cool to see them showcase their products and where different industries are going. And also for Zemster to find new partners that we can assist them with keeping their financial transactions safe and secure. Gary, we should mention we also have in studio with us uh, Kevin Shamoon, who is the founder and CEO of Zemster. Kevin, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys uh, doing the show. It's uh, you know great to listen to every week. Uh, how many hey, years Kevin. ago? Go ahead. Go ahead, Kev, uh, oh. Gary. I was just going to ask Kevin, tell us a little bit about Zemster and uh, and how you got started and why the name. Um, you know, the name is just uh, something we figured it would be a little bit unique. It's sort of a little bit of a play on the word team with uh, the Zemster. Um, and then as far as the, the business is growing with the team-oriented atmosphere, and, you know, that's kind of how the, mm-hmm. the name came up. But as far as, you know, the technology side of it, I've been in the payment space pretty much my whole life. And... You know, opportunity came around for a uh, payment system, and you know, here we are today, five years later, doing very well for ourselves and, um, you know, helping businesses keep their transactions secure is kind of our main goal with integrating with uh, the software that you s- that sits on the counter inside your POS system, you know, is our main focus from an integration standpoint mm-hmm. so we can help businesses, you know, make sure that they uh, are doing things correctly and uh, try to keep them so they don't get breached. Now, by the way, we're talking, uh, folks, about the systems of payment that could be, uh, you mentioned, on the POS, the point of service, could be on, let's say, the restaurant you go to. Uh, are they, and the question becomes, are they using a little card? Are they inserting the card in there, or are they swiping the card? There's a matter of technology and adoption of the technology that is a big issue here. Absolutely. So the, you know, everyone's been issued or most people now have the, the new cards, the chip cards. You know, the formal name of it is EMV, EuroPay, MasterCard Visa is what EMV stands for. 
It was originated out in Europe uh, initially. Oh, I didn't know it was. Oh, okay. So Europay, huh? Yeah. So we're actually behind the uh, the curve when it comes <laughs> to the technology aspect. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and a few years ago when my daughter went to London, I was forever. I was trying to find a chip and pin credit card that my daughter could go over to Europe with. At the time, three years ago, there wasn't a single bank that I could get that would offer that, wow. that would provide them. Now, of course, now we have chip and. We don't have pen yet, but we have chip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Chip and sign. <laughs> chip and sign. Thank you, you know, Gary. Yeah, you know, Kevin, it's it's really interesting because um, I was down in some of these little little islands, South Caicos, and uh, almost everything is still paper based, with the exception of payment card, credit card transactions, and huh. they looked down on me for only having a, a chip and sign and not a chip and pen. You petty American. <laughs> you know, that's that's the on. ultimate ugly American. Eh? Yeah, it is. You know, it's actually the choice of the bank that issues the card and what they're going to require from an authentication standpoint, authentication being signature or PIN. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the banks in the U.S. have opted to not do PIN because they've, they've realized that from a consumer standpoint, we're not used to it. And the, I think, backlash they would get from their cardholders would be a lot when they go to use a purchase and they forgot their pin. Erica, what is what is chip and pin? Can you explain that to us? So the chip and pin is the technology that you see on the card that encrypts and tokenizes your information. So Zemster's payment gateway helps with that tokenization while the transactions are going through. So how how is chip and pin different from chip and signature or chip and sign, the, right? The chip and pin is just another layer of security. Okay. So by you being there with the card, putting in the numbers, it's an additional layer. So you do have to still put in a PIN number with the card? Not here now. No, okay. yeah, we don't Just have signature now. now. Right. I mean, which, which is kind of silly because most of us have debit. We could remember four or six digits. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but, but that's why I want, and I'm, maybe our listeners are as confused as I am, although I'm normally far more confused. Uh, because I seem to remember what even when I insert the card into the machine that I still have to often punch in the numbers for my pin. Are you if you're using your debit card, it's still the case. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. So the debit cards really didn't change. The level of the level of security with the chip is really meant to prevent counterfeiting of the cards. Mm-hmm. The the magnetic strip that we've right. all had for correct. Yeah, the okay. magnetic stripe is constant. It never changes. Right. The chip is actually a little microcomputer on the actual piece of plastic Explain in your wallet. So what's, Explain how that works. Go ahead. Go ahead. So what's the purpose of still putting the stripe on it if we're really not using it anymore? Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> there, uh, there's a transition period. So I would say, uh, I forgot what year it is, but sometime in the 2020s, you will no longer see mag stripes on cards. Right. They'll, mm. they'll be purple, and they'll just be decorative and not functional. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ed. I feel so much better. <laughs> they, they're probably not going to issue cards moving forward. I would say in the in the distant future, at least with the Apple Pay, Android Pay, those types of technologies as well. Yeah. Now I want to talk about that because I use Apple Pay very often because I have a uh, an iPhone uh, you know, six plus, and I I will go often at a restaurant nearby. I'll just you know use that to pay or at grocery stores, Trader Joe's, for instance. I can use that. Um, what is the difference when you're using the phone? Is it more secure than the card or about the same or what is it? It's actually more secure because the card number that's actually being passed from the phone is different than the card that you actually, the number you have in your wallet. Oh. So they're doing uh, an, another version of tokenization. So when you actually enter your card into your uh, iPhone or Android device, 
they're taking that card number, going to Citibank or Chase or whoever issued your, your card, and asking them for an alternative number that they're going to use moving forward. Uh, and the reason for it is is that when... For that transaction, not for every, every transaction. Every transaction from your phone. Oh! So your phone technically has a different card number that's being used. So if you oh, ever get a receipt when you use Apple Pay mm-hmm. or Android Pay, mm-hmm. and you see the last four doesn't match the card that's actually in your wallet, yeah. that's by design. Oh, and all the time I was rejoicing, thinking, man, somebody else has paid that bill. <laughs> so I have to ask a question. Did Apple and Samsung and um, Google. Google actually do this out of the, be- uh, you know, as a, you know. The kindness to, of their heart? Yeah, the kindness of their hearts. Are they actually getting something out of this? Well, I do know Apple actually earns a lot of revenue from any transactions that are going through Apple Pay. I'm not sure what the others have negotiated, but it was a pretty big deal that if you wanted to offer Apple Pay, on your phone with uh, the issuing bank, the issuing bank had to sign an agreement that said they would give some portion of the transactions actually back to Apple. Mm. Has anyone cracked any of these uh, new technologies? Well, we can talk about that when we come back from the break. Yeah, we're going to take yeah. a quick little break. I want to find out. I'm so hopefully the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Baker's with us from Florida, and Ed and Keller in studio with me. We're talking also with um, Kevin Shamoon. You just heard founder and CEO of Zemster, and Erica Zdrowski is with us as well. And we'll be back in just a minute. I want to find out what the services that you guys offer to businesses is. Coming back with Zemster in just a moment. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, and uh, we are talking with Kevin Shamoon and Erica Droskowski, who uh, they are with Zemster, a company that's in based in Novi, Michigan. And we found out about them through uh, a meeting, a chance meeting that they had with Gary Baker down at the Collision Conference. Gary's online with us from Florida and the other guys in studio here. Um, we had a question we were asking just before we went into the break. Does anybody remember what the question was? <laughs> yeah, I remember quite clearly. Uh, we were talking about uh, the fact that you can you know, pay for things using your phone with Apple Pay or Android right, Pay, right. that sort of thing. And my question was, like all the other systems that we have out there, have the Apple Pay or Android Pay right. things ever been breached? Um, not to my knowledge. The biggest thing that's happening from the Apple Pay and Android Pay piece is that the advantage of using them over just your card is if your regular card does get breached or if the the company that you use your Apple Pay transaction at gets breached, you don't have to get a new card in the mail. So you have to worry about all the recurring mm. billings you've set up yeah, and yeah. all of those types of things. And that's one of the advantages of using Apple Pay and Android Pay is that if the the business you use your card at gets breached, the bank doesn't have to actually send you a new card. Your card number is not going to change. You know, it's almost, I, it's like I have two heads when I ask somebody, can I be using my phone to pay? Because it's like, what? Huh? How do you do that? And it, I think there's still a big learning curve, Erica, for the stores themselves to tell people that it's okay and it's actually more secure to use your phone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, change is difficult, especially mm. in your daily in and out of how you do all of your transactions. But in order to be safe and keep your own security, people naturally adopt to it as it goes on. Hey, Gary, what? You know, Eric. Oh, go ahead, Gary. Uh, Erica or Kevin, you know, it's interesting because when I was the interim chief information security officer for Beaumont Health, we had eight hospitals, 168 clinics, you know, thousands of staff, and we outsourced our payment card. Uh, transactions 
to another company because it was better for them and they had better security than uh, than we could provide. Mm-hmm. And that's really um, one of the things that Zemster is very good at, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, that's one of the, the values that we add for the software companies that are out there that do deal with payments. Uh, the biggest thing that happens with most businesses is they have malware installed in their computer, and that's the way most of these breaches that are happening, you know, in the you know recent history, right? Sure, like with Target or someplace like that, they get hit. Exactly. So you know, to alleviate where how the car data is transmitted and passed, and that's one thing that we can do. So we can actually take on that burden, like Beaumont wanted to, mm-hmm. from that standpoint, and you know, we deal with our security. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on security and you know, penetration testing and, you know, mm-hmm. network scanning and you know, all the things that and more that, you know, you don't even want to begin to discuss. It's, yeah, exactly. you know, I think I'll put everyone to sleep. <laughs> no, but it's you take care of that scary stuff. Absolutely. You're, you're looking for the monsters under the bed. <laughs> exactly. So so basically you do that for so that your customers yeah. do not because you approach or a lot of customers approach you and they actually store that on their own systems or their own machines, you were saying. And, and that's always a concern. Right. Absolutely. And and you've, uh, you know, basically relieved them of that responsibility pretty much. Yeah. You know, when you start looking at all the security and then there's the PCI, which stands for payment card industry, the standards that are out there for security, which all merchants and businesses are supposed to comply with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of those, uh, the burden of that for the merchants is quite extensive. I mean, obviously... Uh, Gary mentioned Beaumont didn't want to deal with it. Most businesses don't. They're asking how. They're asking us. You know, how can I get yeah. out of doing it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing is, if yeah. you remember when we first went to chip cards, chip and sign, um, one of the concerns is people were like, "Well, this is fast approaching." A lot of the retailers had to pay for that equipment themselves to upgrade, so they'd be compatible with that. Yeah, absolutely. The other there's another advantage to the business owners that are out there as well to realize that the chip card transactions um, are also will help you from a chargeback standpoint. And chargebacks are the disputes that if I call the oh, if I call my yeah. bank up and say, "Hey, I didn't make that transaction." Mm-hmm. You know, wh- who's actually paying the bill? So in the mm. pre-EMV days, most of the time the merchant would actually eat the cost of it. So if yeah. I walked into the electronics store and I bought a TV with a wallet, a card I found on the floor or a stolen card, you know, more likely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the electronic store would actually take the loss. Now with the MV, with the technology, because of the security that's involved with the chip and the transaction, the issuer now actually takes the – so the bank uh, actually well, takes Kevin, the loss. Kevin, I also um, – when we hear about all these big breaches, we're not hearing about one or two transactions. The breach isn't happening at the transaction level. The breach is happening when P, when companies store – credit card information yeah, right. in their system somewhere and you alleviate all that they don't have to store that information and you know we had 42 people that reported to me um or in the in my group when i ran security for beaumont and we were fully concerned and focused on the medical records because those oh, were yeah. more expensive but you know we wanted to outsource the pci activity the payment card activity and uh, it was an easy thing to do, and and I don't understand why more companies don't do that. Yeah, 
Zemster, by the way, well, I just want to introduce folks again who are with us. Kevin Shamoon, who is the founder and CEO of Zemster, is with us. And by the way, you can go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, and you can see a link there to the company if you want to find out more information about it. And that's uh, Zemster, Z-E-A-M-S-T-E-R.com. And uh, um, do you, Eric, do you folks... Do you hold all that information? I mean, do you have servers that holds all that information, or does somebody else hold all the information? No, we actually do it ourselves. So we okay. actually we follow all the security guidelines that are put out there by the you know, PCI Council, which is run by you know a group including Visa, Mastercard, and American okay. Express, and those guys. Okay, so who will be some of your customers then? So our customers are anyone that's doing transactions. Period. We target software companies that are assisting small and medium-sized businesses run their business. So imagine you're going to the gym, you store your credit card data, there's a software company associated with it. Mm. We're in everything from Frontier Airlines to daycare software, you name it. No kidding. Every day is pretty interesting on our end. And what's really cool is we're helping them with their business, right? We're keeping them safe. We're keeping them out of PCI Strope and keeping the consumers, you guys, protected as well. What what's the Erica, oh, go, ahead. You know, go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, uh Erica, I you have a very interesting business model too. When I first started online tech, which was a internet services company in Michigan, uh we had to create a partner group and a lot of the creative uh, agencies would use us to host their clients. You actually sell through that kind of intermediary reducing your sales costs. Uh, and allowing um, people that are um, responsible for putting that creative activity together and maybe the the um, point of sale to use you. Tell us about how that works. I'm not sure if I quite understand the question, but they, you know, the customers have to use us in some way. And it's more of a choice of who do you want to partner with? We are founded on great principles. Kevin's put together a really great team around us. Mm-hmm. We're looking for long-term relationships with all of our clients and grow together. As everything moves to software as a service, more and more things are going to be done online. And we're grateful to partner with the great customers that we have and grow with them. What's the future of online transactions? I mean, we've, we've gone from, uh, you know, sliding your, your credit card through to a place now where I can just pull my phone out and, and, hold down my fingerprint reader, and it, boom, it, it's got the transaction. So what's in the future? Retinas? <laughs> well, actually, there's, uh, you, there's, there's videos out there that MasterCard and Visa have put together where they show a coffee shop where you're waving your hand through a biometric scanner oh, and, wow. make, and your payment's being made that fast and that quick. So you know those are obviously uh, proof-of-concept type things, sure. but those things, I think, are going to be uh, coming. You know, with all the tech stuff going on between Midtown Detroit and Downtown Detroit, what made you decide to put your business out in the wonderful Novi Tech uh, corridor? Um, you know, it's uh, close to home, to be quite candid with you. <laughs> Short commute. That's right. That so, makes sense. Um, you know, the uh, from an internet standpoint, the, the future of transactions online, if they're going to change as well, uh, we've been approached by the you know Visa and MasterCard as well. You're going to see more of the Visa checkout type stuff. 
and the MasterCard MasterPass coming out where you're going to go to a website. And if you've ever used the Amazon checkout websites have, it's the similar thing, but more generic. Now, does your company only provide the software solutions, or do you also provide hardware solutions for potential customers? We'll provide the, the terminals, if you will, that you can accept payments mm-hmm. um, for that standpoint. Okay, you, you do. If they need that, you can provide that as well. Hey, I want to thank you both for being with us, Kevin Shamoon and uh, Erica Roskowski. It's been a delight having you with us. And thank I you. managed to pronounce your name fairly closely. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We thank appreciate you. it. Good to have you on Zeemster is the company.